0: Sponsored by JMR Rentals, professional digital cinema and broadcast rentals in Brooklyn, New York. To find out more, visit their website, jmrny.com. Hello and welcome to No Rest for the Weekend, where we go behind the scenes and talk to the creators of independent entertainment. I'm Jason Godby, and joining me via Zoom today, he is the founder of Film Loft New York, Mr. Darren Jenkins. Welcome, Darren.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, it's great to have you. Um, so uh, we got hooked up through uh, my associate producer, Adonis Solomon Paris. He went to one of your events. Uh, you were doing events. That's become a whole different thing these days um you know and i know i think you're doing some stuff virtually and i want to get into all that but first um before we talk about uh film loft new york and what you guys do i want to talk to you about you and just kind of see how you got into the business and and uh what's your origin story so to speak
1: i'm a lot like a lot of the people who were born in you know in and around my time um we probably i you know i was inspired by obviously star wars just like every other filmmaker will ever say right and, um, you know, when, when Star Wars came out, um, you know, it, it kind of really gave you a new view of how things could be created from a special effects standpoint. And, um, you know, at the time I was, you know, I was young, so I didn't really have much exposure to the industry, but I did know I wanted to do whatever that was on the screen and so I started, you know, I started out building models of all the all of the Star Wars ships, and then um, it just so happened that my brother, who is a little bit older than I am, um, was a comic book artist, and um, I kind of came into the film industry from the back door of this this medium of creative. Um you know, so I got into comic, book, comic books and then I started drawing. and then um, when I got to probably high school college, I started doing acting. Um, I started doing theater productions uh, and got into it that way. And then when I got to college, got into the comedy world and then started doing that, and taking film production classes on the side uh, as kind of a wanting to learn the behind the camera thing. Um, but, you know, acting was kind of my thing at the time. And I was doing a bunch of different films, you know, I was in, uh, Malcolm X, um, Juice, um, Distinguished Gentleman, a lot of those projects. And then I did a movie, I won't say which one, but it really kind of left a bad taste in my mouth from the in front of the camera side of things. Um, and this was probably two thousand nineteen ninety eight, 1998, somewhere around that neighborhood. So cameras, the video cameras started popping up and and suddenly I said, well, you know what? Maybe I should maybe my fortunes lie behind the camera. And so I just decided to stop acting and take up um, both screenwriting and directing. And um, I got into special effects. Actually, I was working on California for a while in special effects, uh, working on, uh, I think the first film I ever worked on was probably Die Hard with a Vengeance, maybe? Might have been Die Hard. Um, I did a couple of episodes um, of 21 Jump Street, worked on um, the first Independence Day, which was kind of cool, um, and then I came back here to New York and continued my fortunes, um, and you know, I've been playing around on various pieces of the puzzle ever since, um, Most. Notably, most you know, the, the, probably the newest thing would be producing. So,
0: very cool. So, you're uh, very well rounded, it sounds like. Um, so, with um, mm-hmm. film, film Loft New York, so first of all, what is Film Loft New York? And kind of, can you give us its origin story? Like, how did it come about?
1: So, when I got back to New York from California, um, I started working for this association of media publishers. So, I was basically, you know, networking with you know all of the CEOs and C you know CMOs and all the C level people from Disney and Wall Street Journal and all Reuters and New York Times. And I learned a lot of stuff there because we would put together a lot of these white papers. And they started talking about this idea about content being king and how the digital publishers were were at this new place where video was starting to take hold of the market. And they needed to understand how how to monetize it, where it was going to come from, who's going to create it. And so in order to do, you know, I started thinking, like, I know all these different individuals from both the creative side and from the business side. And I started to do these events to kind of put the two together. Filmmakers meeting digital publishers to kind of create this perfect marriage. Um, so I did this a number of years, I think 10, 15 years and we get to around 2014 and you know, I'm still doing them, but I felt like there was, there needed to be some type of evolution to what I was doing. Like, you know, much like all of the people who I'd meet at these networking events, people would come to me first to. Meet this director or meet this producer or meet this casting agent or meet this screenwriter. And I obviously couldn't continue on that level. And so I started, I was at a WeWork one day um, to meet a friend for lunch. And I'm sitting there going, wow, this is kind of cool. I've never been in a co-working space before. Um, you know, what? what's it all about? And so I got a tour, met some of the people. Or, and I said, you know, something like this for film would be amazing. Like a place where filmmakers could come, they could connect with each other. They could meet with, you know, investors and, you know, sponsors and distributors and all these different pieces of the puzzle. And the business side people could kind of use filmmakers as their testing ground for a lot of different products and techniques and, they could use write white papers. So I came up with this thought about creating a warehouse, a big, getting a big space, a warehouse, and creating this place where you know we could come to innovate for film and television, not just from a like creative standpoint, but from a technologically standpoint, and also kind of like a place to reinvent how film is financed. You know, because I think that would really be the real kicker, the thing that would kind of put the juice in the in the in the in the in the, in the jug and um so in two thousand fourteen i I started researching everything, putting all these the project together, meeting with co-working um founders from all over the country, meeting with investors, meeting with distribution companies like Netflix and Hulu and all these different other companies just to get an idea about what they thought about something like this. And then my last thing I met with was, was the city of New York and they, um, they unfortunately had the idea just around the same time I did. And, um, they, Came up with the same. Well, it was a little bit different than my, my project, but they, that's when they um, launched the media center that was located in Dumbo, and um, you know, it didn't happen fast enough. But I'm actually kind of lucky it didn't. So,
0: in what way do you would you, are you lucky in that scenario? And like, how has that evolved now?
1: I'm lucky because if I had opened it right now, I'd be sitting on about. 25,000 square feet of empty space um, due to COVID. um, I'd be probably holding the bag on a number of, you know, a number of dollars in the overhead department. I'd I'd have to lay off staff. I would have had to do a lot of things that, um, unfortunately, a lot of other companies are doing right now. Um, even, even New York media centers has shut down and, um, you know, WeWork is having its problems and coworking in general will have some challenges in trying to scale back up to where they were. Um, so I kind of, you know, it's funny cause as we were developing the idea, there was a thought that, you know, I think maybe like a year, two years ago, this thought that you know maybe we don't need an actual space to be what we want to be, we can be virtual, we can be online, we can do everything that we want to do um, without having to invest in real estate. At least at this moment in time, so um, I kind of, you know, I'm fortunate in the sense that we didn't take that go down that road with a physical space, um, but um, you know. We are, we're, we're lucky and we're unlucky in the sense that um, other people have had to scale back, and that's that's unfortunate. And you know, we so we're there for those filmmakers, those startups within the media space that still need um, services, networking, um, information, finance, distribution. Um, access to knowledge um, and just a general You know, the one thing about filmmaking is for the most part, unless you're shooting something, you're, it's a pretty solitary, you know, career. And one of the things that I've talked to a lot of filmmakers about over the years at my events is that we, we, we film loft is not, is not just this company that, it's not just a company. To me, it's an idea, and it's a, it's a family. And we tried to create – that's kind of the reason why it's called Film Loft New York, because our idea was to launch hubs in different other film cities. So there would be a Film Loft Atlanta, L.A., Chicago, Miami, and then at some point overseas we would launch as well. And we still may do that. I don't know. Um, but I think for right now, we, we owe it to the creators here in this city to be there for them, to help them, you know, with the challenge of, um, connecting to opportunities so they can pay bills, um, giving them knowledge by creating our podcasts, our events, our panels, our film festivals, um, uh, all of the conferences that we do to continue doing those stuff. And by putting together an initiative that we hope at some point will help give them even more opportunities and more access to Hollywood than they, have, than, than they would ever have at a standalone event. So right. the
0: original idea was let's get a space where people can come and congregate and work together.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: now like in the virtual space, are you like, doing these different things are you doing kind of like everything via zoom or are you doing like like give me an example of, uh, of uh, like an event that you're you're planning or, or one that you've done recently
1: we launched a an initiative called change Hollywood right and this 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 initiative is to kind of help populate it's kind of like populate Wall Street except populate Hollywood you know and part of our our initiatives is to launch a bunch of different events. Online and we do it through Zoom. And um, what's great about it is because it's virtual now, um, we can we can now bring speakers from Hollywood without them having to travel, get on a plane, and fly here, right? So um, last what was this, two weeks ago we did um, our first industry AMA with CR Capers from Harlem Film House. She came on and talked about you know, the industry gave tips to filmmakers, you know, talked about their initiatives. It was really a great like conversation. And then the a couple days later we did another one with Brian Yang from 408 Films. And Brian has been in the industry for a while. He talks about it from his point of view, from also from an Asian American point of view, also from a producing producing and directing point of view, which was really great. And he's, both of them have been really, um, I'm I'm very lucky and very fortunate to have them as, um, as mentors in our program and they've offered their time and energy to kind of help pay it forward, you know, because I think that's, you know, the one thing about film is that um, it's very, you know, who, you know, it's very, who, you know, it's always been who you know. Um, and the more people, you know, the more things you can get done, especially in these, in this time and age where you, you can't go to a networking event anymore. You, there's no, you know what I mean? So how do you, how do you get anything really done? So we've, so our online events, like our panels and our, talks and our podcasts are meant to kind of expand their knowledge base, give them, and also just give them, uh, you know, cause you're sitting at home, there's nothing to do. You know, it's good to hear this conversation, right. To hear what other filmmakers are going through and, you know, how they've solved certain problems with, you know, being able to shoot now and where they're finding jobs and those things. Um, But we're also doing – we're we're actually talking internally right now about an intensive workshop program that we're putting together online um, that people will be able to do. We have a writer's room that we do, which is also very cool. Um, So we're trying not to make it too different than in person. Um, We're trying to give them as many of the same things that we would normally do like live online and at some point we'll get to um we'll expand it and we'll do like our one initiative we'd like to do is get involved in new technology and vr ar and xr mr all those um, platforms we're going to get back into those arenas as well so
0: i've been interviewing a lot of heads of film festivals lately and you know one question that i've, I've been asking is You know, do you think that in some shape or form, this will be the virtual medium will be a here to stay thing? Like even if you do have Mm. a physical event, even if you do have uh, either networking or a film festival or something that, you know, this, the virtual will have to be a part of it in some way, shape or form. And most everybody's Mm. saying yes, like it's going to, they don't, not everybody knows how it's going to be but do you see that as well? Do you think, do you think um, that Film Loft will stay virtual f- forever or do you wanna like get back to a time when you're actually getting people in person again or is it a, do you see the future as sort of a combination of the two?
1: That's a good question. Um, I have a friend, his name is Devin Dixon. He's one of our, our partners as well and um, the, he has a digital platform where he helps filmmakers and film festivals screen their, their films online. And and he's, he's kind of been forward thinking in the sense of how he's built out his platform now to include live Q and A's and stuff that you can do at the same time. So film festivals can now still do their film festivals and, and provide all this, this other stuff. So we've had a film festival for the last 17 years we run it only on Valentine's Day. And one of the reasons why we've been able to sustain it so long, we've always sold out. It's always been very popular. And the only reason why I think that is is because people really like that in-person connection, right? They, I think there is, there's something um, just more you know, tangent about the fact that you're in the room with all these other individuals. And um, so to answer your question, I think that the online um, platform, um, the online events, I think, to be honest, even before COVID, I thought it should have been a big, like if you were doing events, I think it should have been at least a 70-30 split, like 70, like live, 30% online. I think... You're missing out an incredible amount of opportunity online if you don't do it. And I think it won't be to that extent when we go back. I think it'll be more the opposite. I think I think it'll be 70% online and 30% in person. And I think those in-person events will be so much different than we've had before. So um, I, I don't think you can get rid of this face-to-face experience. I don't think people... Like when given the choice of going out and sitting at home for an event, unless they're still fearful of getting COVID, I think they would choose to go to a live, I would, I would choose to go to a live event if I could. I think there's just so many things, so many stepping stones that we have to get through to before people feel comfortable enough to go back to that space.
0: Yeah, we're, I mean, we're in a place right now where everything's very nebulous, everything's um, very up in the air, and, you know, we don't have a credible antiviral treatment, we don't have a credible right. vaccine yet, and all these things are, you know, hopefully going to come down the road, but, you know, I, I do feel like, you know, people are talking about the, the movie theater experience going away. You know, they're, they're saying that, you know, if these big movies can't Mm -hmm. make it into the theater, if they're going to go streaming, if you know, the wonder woman's and black widows and giant event movies don't make it in the theaters that we're not going to have theaters anymore. I don't know if that's true. You
1: know, the thing about that is I I think like, I love going to the movies. It's like my favorite thing to do in the world. I I can go to a movie anytime, any place, but I think, theaters for the most part have always suffered from like, I think they're better now than they've ever been. You know, they were better before, like before COVID, there were some nice theaters in the city like that you could go to and watch a movie. But I think there's stigma to some of the theaters sometimes because they feel like they're not clean enough. They have always been thought of as not sanitary. I remember um back i don 't know how long it must have been when they had the outbreak of um bed bugs in New York and some of the theaters on forty second street having to shut down to clean the theaters, so I think those little like even though it 's almost like an it 's almost like an abusive situation in a lot of ways where maybe the situation 's over, but you still in the back of your mind you remember this right. And so now we've got COVID and people are not sure if they want to be on top of each other in this little dark room anymore. Right. So, um, and there, there's the, the the fact that movies are expensive. So they're like, why should I go to a theater and risk my life for 30 bucks when I can stay at home and watch it? Right. I understand that thought process. I don't necessarily think it's the. It, I agree with it. Um, I I think you. I mean, COVID is just COVID. It, it's, you know, it's. I don't think theaters are any more susceptible than say going to the ballpark, sitting next to somebody. Um, but I do think people are fearful of that situation, and I can understand why they would do that. I I hope that people still go back to theaters, especially the small theaters, like in the indie theaters, because I think those are the ones who, like, are usually, you know, giving us the best community experience of sorts. Theaters like AMC and Regal, Regal who's, I think they said they closed down till next year sometime. That, um it's hard to feel sympathy sometimes for them because of, you know, the, the, how expensive they can be for us. Um, But I want to go, I want to see Tenet. I I haven't seen it because I I don't trust going into the theater right now, but who knows how that may change in the next two months.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot unknown and I feel like, um, you know, that would probably be the, Hey, everything's okay now sign when mm-hmm. when movie theaters and some movie theaters in some parts of the country are open but they're open in a lower capacity so um you know even if they do that some of them can't afford to stay open because right. their, you know their their overhead is too much for the amount of tickets they can actually sell um and you know i think it creates possibly for the the indie filmmaker and the person who, like you know for me i got to a point even years ago where i wasn't really concerned about having my work Displayed in a movie theater, I
1: right. was
0: like, I was going for television, and I was going to go for streaming, just because I th- I think that's where everything's going anyway. And maybe right. I I hope it's not the death knell of theater, like I hope it's not the end. But mm. I I've I've always seen it kind of a pricing itself out of existence, and B, if you don't make a gigando you know Warner Brothers, Disney, you know giant event movie at some point people are just not going to go pay. They're, you know, they're not right. going to pay to see your love story or your romantic comedy or your, you know, your, your mystery or whatever. It's very, very rare. So, right. you know, the, the places people are seeing those is online anyway, and everybody's going to streaming now even more. I mean, maybe, you know, COVID is the, just the, the thing that kicked it in the gear and made it accelerate. Right. But, you know, it's, It's a loss because, you know, when you and I were kids, the theater was this communal space where people went to experience things together. You laughed together, you cried together. You could sit in the dark with a bunch of strangers and share something. And, you know, it's sad that that's being lost. And I don't think like, just like the events, there is something about going up to somebody and shaking their hand and meeting them in person that is just way different than meeting somebody this way. You know, it's definitely gonna. It, this is definitely changing everything, and and it remains to be seen whether or not it's, you know, permanent, good, bad. But I, I do feel like like you, there is going to be a, a hybrid situation for any event. Um, and it's yeah. and you and I think your ratio is pretty good, seventy thirty. It'll probably be you know, no. yeah. um, for better or worse. Whether we, the kids will be fine, you know. Yeah, more, exactly. The young people—they're all born with microchips in their heads, and they don't meet anybody anyway. <laughs> but like you know, for 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 us who remember what it's like to see people yeah. in person, uh, it's a little sad. But anyway, I, we're running a little bit long, so I'm going to wrap up. So, for people who want to know more about you, and people who want to know more about uh, Filmloft New York, where can they find you on the web?
1: They can find us everywhere. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at. Film Loft NY, and uh, they can go up to our website at filmloftny.com.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Darren. And um, thank you all out there for taking this trip down the rabbit hole. For more of our content, including our movie reviews, visit our website, norestoftheweekendpodcast.com. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank my guest, Darren Jenkins, and I'd also like to thank our sponsor, JMR Rentals. For Behind the Rabbit Productions, I'm Jason Godby. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time you <smart noise>